Welcome to our very first episode of the Open College Podcast Series. I'm really excited to have this one ready for you guys. So for this episode, I'll have our very own Mary McGlynn joining me to talk about and hopefully give advice on a very important topic. And it's something I know many have been struggling with. And one of the biggest groups that have been struggling with this topic actually is students and learners worldwide. So it's going to be on the topic of education in a severely impacted or in a world that's been severely impacted by COVID, should I say. So Mary has been with us at the Open College for quite a number of years and is our career and development manager here. As well as that, she's a qualified human-given psychotherapist, so she'll be able to give tips and tricks on how to, you know, relax and de-stress, decompress, um, you know, to, to be able to manage the workload and the stresses that come in life. And it's not just education, it's all the things that we all, you know, deal with, um, families, other commitments, everything. So she's going to be here with us. And I started off the interview with Mary by asking her a little bit, a little bit about herself, and here's what she had to say. Hi, Zana. Um, it's really lovely to be here um, this morning doing this podcast with you today uh, on such an important topic. I think. Um, so, as you said before, when you were introducing me, I've been the the careers and development manager for the Open College now for the past seven and a half years. Um, I'm also a tutor for the Open College and I'm also a qualified human given psychotherapist. Um, so look, I've spoken to so many students over the years. Um, I've tutored so many students over the years and I would have a deep understanding as to how students are feeling at the moment, you know, what with, you know, the pressure of exams, the pressure of, you know, the, the assignment build up um, and of course COVID along with that. Um, I've, so I have a good, a good understanding of the ups and downs of student life and learning, of course. Um, and, you know, the difficulty of trying to juggle so many things all at the one time. You know, because uh, most students I would talk to are also, you know, trying to bring up their family. You know, they're trying to look after their their children while trying to study. And then some of them are working as well. So this can be hard to, you know, to, to, to get right at times. Uh, and then you throw in a pandemic on top of that. And there's so many stressed students, isn't there? Um, yes, so, so many. Yeah, yeah, so many. So hopefully, look, what I want to do today is help them feel a little bit better and talk about a few things uh, that can make them feel a little better um, so that they're not so stressed out or panicked about anything. Um, And I've noticed in particular, you know, the past six months, you know, from talking to students that they're feeling generally more tired, sort of more unwell, you know, lacking motivation. Um, you know, stress levels are high. And with the pandemic, there's this feeling of, God, this is never ending. This is never going to end. Do you know what I mean? And that, that, you know, doesn't do well for your well-being at all. Um, and I suppose, you know, when, when you do feel like this, you feel like there's something wrong with you as well. Like, why am I feeling like this? Why am I feeling so overwhelmed? Uh, but w- what I want to convey today is these feelings are, you know, they're completely normal because mm-hmm. um, there's been so many changes to our lives due to the pandemic. Um, and things were also very uncertain there for a while. You know, we didn't know how long this was going to be going on for. Well, we still don't really, but, you know, we do have a vaccine now, so there's a light at the end of the tunnel. Um, you know, so things were really, really uncertain. And that's the most difficult, one of the most difficult things for human beings to deal with is lots of change all at the one time and uncertainty. Um, 
because your brain's always trying to solve problems. It's always trying to find an answer for things. And then when it doesn't have an answer, it fills that gap with worrying. Well, that's it. It's like you're on a treadmill, isn't it? It's just kind of stuck in the one place with this COVID thing. And also, I don't know, now correct me if I'm wrong. It's one of those things that because we don't see, like, I don't know, maybe generally as people, and I just kind of speaking for myself here, you Mm -hmm. kind of, everyday situations you kind of know what the outcome is going to be something might happen creep up like with everything else and you you know you deal with it and that could be a bit stressful but this is a big thing on a global scale with no end in sight so I'd say that's draining on people to not know to wake up and not know how life is kind of kind of pan out I suppose never mind their day because sometimes happens and it's a hiccup in your day but this is kind of like a big hiccup in life it's not even just something small that you're going to get over it's God knows when it's going to happen. And even like you said with the vaccine, sure, who knows? I know they're administering them all, but it's how long is it going to take for everybody to have it then for life to go back to normal or, you know, quote unquote normal? Yeah, 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 definitely. A hundred percent. And I mean, this this pandemic has affected, you know, every part of everyone's lives. Do you know what I mean? It's it's yeah. it's had a negative effect, but also, you know, it, it's also had a positive effect on some people as well. I mean, if I mean, I I know I was talking to a guy the last day, and um, he'd mentioned, you know, it. I was on I was on the phone to him, you know, and he's he, it's a friend of mine, and he was talking about how difficult everything is. How long is it going to be now for this vaccine? Oh, you know, we can't do this and we can't do that, and oh, this is all terrible. And it was a very very negative conversation, and I just I kind of asked him, you know, I just said, so look, is there anything positive that that's come of this at all? You know, have you been able to spend more time with your children? You know, anything like that. And he went quiet for ages. And I said, "Are you still there?" <laughs> and he came back with, "Well, actually, you're you're right, Mary. You know, yeah, I I have spent more time with, you know, my children. I've been able to fix more things around the house. You know, mm-hmm. um, I've been able. This guy has a farm, so he was able to spend more time, you know, with with." with the farm and doing things that he needed to do there as well um and by the end of the call he actually came away feeling a lot better so i think when we're talking about the pandemic and how it's affected people as well we have to watch how we talk about it because it does it it has had positive effects with people as well yeah i feel like that's why i'm so reluctant like look like everybody else obviously COVID is a big thing and i kind of talk about it but i try not to bring my own personal experience of COVID into it because I know how lucky I am. Mm-hmm. Um, my family, Touchwood, wasn't really touched with COVID. Work-wise, work wise, Touchwood, again, everything seemed to have stayed as normal. So I know how lucky I am and I like not to talk about it because a lot of people around me, it's really messed up their lives and it's just not something that I want to be like pushing out there. Just Not that it would make feel anybody feel bad, but I don't know, maybe... Yeah. Not like to flaunt it or something, you know, like I just don't talk about it, not for me. Yeah, 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 I understand. And I mean, you have to be careful. I mean, there's been families that's been really, really badly affected by it, you know, losing yeah. ones, people that are very ill. And then, you know, people dealing with the after effects of it as well. And, yes. you know, you, you can imagine trying to study, trying to learn, trying to do a course mm-hmm. with all of this going on, like um, students' lives have been kind of turned upside down do you know what I mean if you're doing if you know if you're doing the course online um well that's great and you're actually learning a skill for the future because learning online is the way to go um so that's positive you can take from 
um, you know, students are adapting, having to do everything from home, uh, working, looking after children, learning and everything from home. And that's been a huge upheaval. Um, so, yeah, it's, it's, it's meant different things for different people. Do you know what I mean? Um, personally, you know, I found it very difficult at the very beginning of, of the pandemic. I felt I was mentally and physically exhausted because I have a four-year-old. Um, so I was working from home and I was looking after him at the same time. And it was just, I found it very difficult. I wanted to give all my attention to him, but I couldn't, you know, the days I was working. And it was just, I found that part very difficult. Uh, but looking back now, uh, because it was all new at the start and we were all in kind of shock and fear and all sorts of things going through our minds. Again, you know, Oxana, the, the feeling of uncertainty and all this change, you know, everybody was dealing with it as best they could. But if, oh, you, can, yeah, um, if you look back now, um, certainly when I look back, I, I could have done things a lot uh, differently. You know, I could have maybe took more time out for myself, had more breaks, you know, went to bed you know, go to bed a bit earlier, you know, get more rest, get outside more for walks, you know, uh, pick up the phone and chat to people, you know, watch my diet and things like that. And, you know, these are things that we should be looking after anyway in our everyday lives. Um, never mind just in a pandemic. Yeah, definitely. So actually, just because on the topic of that there that you said certain things that we should do to kind of look after ourselves in our daily lives, Um, obviously all the stress that comes with COVID, is there something that you would kind of recommend that would be People that could pe- that people could practice every day that might not take a lot of time, but that would be good um, to kind of help them cope with the stress. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, there's there's a few things. I mean, uh, number one, um, it, what I would highly recommend as a therapist, anyway, um, and of course as um, a, a careers careers manager um, to the students would be it's a very very simple technique if you find yourself getting very very stressed um, it's a technique called the 7-eleven okay and it's very very simple Um, so all you need to do is breathe in for the count of seven and out to the count of eleven oh I know that one very well Mary now you've told me a lot of times in the office (laughs) Yes. If something's happening, I'm getting stressed out. Mary's the first one to say to me, Oksana, now just breathe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You're, you're, you heard that one loads of times before. I have, I have. It was on a sticky note on the computer there. Yeah, and what's actually happening there, Oksana, is the longer you can breathe out, uh, you trigger the parasympathetic part of um, your your body, and that's your body's natural way of relaxing and calming down. And, you know, a lot of people don't know that we have this system in our bodies. We do have this natural way of calming down. Mm -hmm. So the longer you can breathe out, so never mind, you know, if you can't breathe out for 11 or whatever, try and breathe out for as long as you can. And you'll find if you keep on doing that for a few minutes, you'll notice a big change, you know, and that really helps. Um, another thing that really helps is, you know, meditation. I'm a huge fan um, of meditation. If you're relaxed, do you know what I mean? If you're living in the moment, it's 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 impossible for you to get stressed. It's impossible for you to get anxious. Um, and there's, you know, there's loads of different ways you can meditate you know for different things if you you know if you're stressed for exams if you're stressed about um you know an interview if you're stressed about anything at all there's specific med- meditations you can find on youtube and, and and different places like that for kind of different stresses that you have and uh, meditation it's not only about 
you know, find meditations on YouTube and everything. It's about sort of being in the moment. It's about catching yourself during the day. You know, if you find you're worrying about this and then that triggers something else. Oh, you know, I'm worried. And then you start worrying about a thousand million different things. Mm-hmm. Catch yourself in that situation, Oksana, and just say, okay. You know. Yeah. And that's, I suppose, now, I, to me, and I think maybe a lot of people that might be listening is meditation when, now, I'm not big into meditation, but um, recently I've tried to kind of look more into this whole self-care kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And to me, when I used to think of meditation was you sit down, you close your eyes and, you know, you clear your thoughts and that kind of thing. Whereas I suppose from what you're saying, and correct me if I'm wrong, that meditation can be something as simple as like you enjoy cooking and you can just solely devote whatever 10 minutes, not 10 minutes, cooking takes a lot longer. But, you know, you can solely devote that time just to do the cooking and think of the cooking and enjoy the process if that's what you like. Would I be right in saying that? Oh, exactly, exactly. If you can find something that um, distracts you from your thoughts, uh, be it cooking, be it, you know, reading a book, you know, whatever, yeah. um, whatever it is. Some people find, you know, uh, praying, things like that, that, you know, that's a form of doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, and sports as well. You know, if you can find a sport where you're just totally focused on what you're doing in that second. Like I know my husband does um, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu and that's his form of meditation because he goes in and he does his moves and he's practicing and everything like that. And he's not thinking, he's not giving his brain time to think about anything else because he has to focus on his moves. And I think it's, you know, fantastic, fantastic if you can find a sport like that. Well, that's uh, it. They do say exercise is great for your mental health, just full stop. So oh, definitely. Definitely. And uh, I just want to kind of explain as well, um, you know, what, what what actually happens in your brain when you're stressed? I mean, we talk about stress and we talk about anxiety and we talk about all these things that comes with that, the sweaty palms, you know, the heart racing, all of that. There's a reason behind that. You know, there's a reason that all of these things happen. Um, so, look, we have this small almond-shaped part of our brain called the amygdala. I'm sure you've heard me talking about this before, Oksana, as well. Yes. Um, and, and what it's like, you know, it's like our own, I would describe it like our own personal security guard. So once it senses a threat, for example, you know, like a loud noise or, you know, like a dog barking or something like that, it, it puts us on high alert to deal with this threat. Oh, it's the fight or flight, isn't it? Exactly. So yeah. if you hear, for example, you know, you see a dog in the distance and it's, you know, barking very angrily and, you, you know, the, the, it's frothing at the mouth and then, you know, it's running towards you. You're going to, you know, you're, you're going to panic. You're going to be stressed. The amygdala kicks in, you know, your security guard kicks in. Now, what it does is it, it, it slows down systems in your body as it needs the energy from these, this, these systems to deal with the threat. So, for example, your digestive system slows down a lot because it needs the energy from that system to deal with this threat. So that's why if you're stressed a lot, um, I talk to a lot of people who have digestive problems because they're so stressed. So your digestive system is actually slowed down a lot. So it's not working as well as it should be. So that's why you're getting all these, you know, symptoms and problems with that. Um, And then, you know, it also sends blood pumping to all our muscles to deal with the threat. And then, Oksana, you'll notice, like, if you're particularly stressed, you're you're breathing quicker, aren't you? You know, you're like kind of, you know, you're 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 breathing more intently. And that's because the body needs more oxygen around all of the body to deal with this threat. And interestingly enough as well, what it does with your brain is it shuts off 
the rational thinking part of your brain, that part that you need for thinking, you know, what's right and what's wrong. Uh, the, that part, the, the rational thinking part, what you really need for learning, actually, it cuts that off completely to deal with the threat. So, you know, it's preparing you, as you say, to run away as fast as you can from this dog, to stay and fight it, or maybe, you know, just freeze and hope that it doesn't see you. <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> so, so you see there's so many things going on in your body and mind when you're stressed and anxious, but it's actually, it's actually a very natural thing. And the amygdala um, evolved to try and keep us safe. And we do need it to a degree because we do need to get away from this dog. Do you know what I mean? In case it attacks us. Um, but what happens is it can't tell a real threat from a not so real threat. So your, your, your body and your mind will go into the same state, even if you have an exam or a presentation or something like that. It'll just, you know, it'll go into the exact same state. So it can't distinguish a real threat from a not so real threat. So that's why I'm sure everybody listening has had a mind blank an exam or you know if you get up to do a presentation you get a mind blank you know you're looking around going oh my goodness this is terrible and you get a mind blank because your rational part of your brain's cut off you're not thinking properly you're just in that getting ready to to, to run away or stand and fight you know what i mean it's, it's yeah. and it's it's debilitating sometimes um and that's it. I'm sure everybody has at some, like everybody, you'd, you'd want to be not human to not have experienced something like this before. Maybe not to the extent of like a panic attack or like having an anxiety disorder, but we've all gotten stressed at some point in life. We've all gotten nervous at some point in life. And it's just, it is what it is. It's a part of life and it's just learning how to cope with it. Yeah. And I think if you understand too what's going on in your brains and why you're feeling like that, it really, really helps. I mean, Geez, I remember my first time doing a presentation. It was a disaster. Do you know what I mean? I was, yeah. I think I was only about 17 and it was only a 10 minute presentation. And oh, you know, my whole body just, I think, just started shaking. And I just, oh, I just had a complete mind blank. Now, I got through it. I don't know how I did and I can't really remember it, but I got through it. But, you know, um, I completely understand how students feel, you know, when they're like that. And that's why. Um, I one of my classes would be I, I tutor train the trainer and you know the students have to do a big presentation at the end of that um, class you know on their final day and you know the nerves are building up so one thing that really helps is you know I would do a 10 minute uh, meditation with them beforehand you know before their presentations and I find that that really really helps them 99% of the time and as you say meditation doesn't work for everybody um, so I would say to the rest of them, look, do whatever works for you, you know, get out of the room, you know, go go for a nice walk in the fresh air, you know, listen to your favourite music for 10 minutes, whatever works for you to get, get you nice and relaxed, do it, you know what I mean, and 99% of the time, and you know, it doesn't get rid of, you know, nothing's going to help everybody, you know what I mean, and it doesn't get rid of all the nerves, but it really does help a little, and that's what we're looking for. That's it. And I suppose with practice, it could be something that um, you build up to have it help you, I suppose, because aren't like people, aren't they like a cre- we're all creatures of habits, I suppose. Yeah. So maybe if you build it up and make it a habit, it could be something that will in a couple of you know weeks or whatever it is that could, you know, could help you. Yeah, yeah. Oh, definitely. Definitely. You have to you have to keep at it. You have to sort of prioritize it in your life. You know, mm-hmm. you kind of have to think, OK, I can take control of this. 
yeah. you know, I can take because most of the time you do feel out of control when it comes to stress and, and anxiety. However, you can actually take control of it. And if yeah. you find something, as I say, nothing, everything's not going to work for everybody, but everybody can find one or two things that work for them. You know, well, so that's it. we all have something that we like. Exactly. So it's really important to put the time and effort into trying to figure out what they are and, and schedule it into your life every day, like you would your sleep, like you would your, you know, your dinner and your meals. That's it. And then I suppose let's look further. Um, so we've covered the the brain aspect, I suppose, of um, how to cope with stress and all the things around it. So what about, um, I suppose, like physical and emotional? How would you address um, our physical well-being? Okay, well, I'm really glad that you brought that up because um, it's really, really important to look after your, your your physical needs. And we're really, you know, we're we're going we're going back to basics here. We're talking mm-hmm. about physical needs like food, what watching what you eat, you know, maintaining your sleep, water. I give you an example. Like if you um, have a think of an athlete, you know, if if you have a, a favorite, if you're a you know a soccer supporter and you you know support you know um, your favorite team and that team's doing really well and. Uh, you know a few of the players are scoring all these goals you know it's not just luck that they're scoring these goals it's not just in the off chance that they're going on the pitch and they're you know they're they're doing very well they're really looking after their physical needs they're 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 eating all the right foods you know to give them the right energy and they're getting their rest they're having their rest during the day which is very important and they're getting their right sleep at night time um they're keeping hydrated do you know what i mean they're drinking water they're drinking enough water they're out and about they're getting their sunlight sunlight's very very important and for well-being and uh for generally feeling better and for your vitamin d which which directly links to your mental health oh Um, yes you even notice that here in ireland in the summer we get a couple of days of you know the sun's out and everybody's yeah the nicest people in the world and then the rest of the winter we're all <laughs> gloomy but yeah no 100 percent agree exactly and yeah and 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 exercise as well obviously you know they're getting their exercise and i mean gosh there's, there's so many benefits to, to to exercise um and there's been numerous studies carried out on the effects of all of these physical needs on your well-being and it's you know it's all linked to to a better well-being obviously you know better concentration in class uh, more motivation in class and a general eagerness more of an eagerness to learn as well you know so um it's really really important uh, to, to, to focus on all all of these physical needs um, and I think one of the most important physical needs that that everybody needs to really focus on is your sleep okay yeah. um, so I would ask loads of students you know how's your sleep and it's a very, very low percentage that would come back and say, oh, I have a good sleep. I would say 80% would say, it's okay, or, you know, oh, I get a good sleep now and again, but, you know, it's it's broken up. I wake up a lot at night time. You know, I have a lot of bad nightmares um, and things like that. These are, these are the kind of things, particularly recently, um, that I'm hearing from students. Um, and sleep is very important because not a lot of people realize that the first half of your sleep, you're repairing yourself uh, physically. And then the second half of your sleep, you're repairing yourself mentally. 
So you're repairing your whole body and mind, you know, while you're sleeping. It clears away the clutter from from the day that you've had. So you learn better the next day. Uh, And then what you've learned during the day is put into the memory store. If you get your right sleep, so you're going to have a better memory. You're going to remember more. Um, And it processes your emotions and worries uh, through dreaming. And that's in the second half of your sleep. Um, so a, a good example here is um, with, with, with processing emotions. Like, for example, if I'm feeling overwhelmed, you know, if I'm feeling uh, a bit under pressure, like out of control, I always dream of huge, big tidal waves. <laughs> and they're just, you know, it's a tidal waves and they're coming in on top of me. I have no control over them. It's just like this huge pressure. And I've been having that same dream over and over again from from since I was no age. So depending on what emotion you're going through, your brain will pick whatever dream um, it's, it's, it's used before to try and process that. So that's why you, if you're having a reoccurring dream and you're thinking, what, what does this mean? Really think about how are you feeling? What kind of problems do you have at the minute? You know, is there anything unresolved? That's what your dreaming is trying to do. It's trying to process those emotions. Um, and then what happens is if you're very, very worried about a lot of things, your brain, you, you'll dream even more at nighttime, which takes up so much energy. Your brain goes, I've had enough. It wakes you up in the middle of the night. So this is why, you know, you're waking up a few times at night because you're dreaming so much. You're using up so much energy and you just, you know, your brain's had enough. And eventually, if this carries on for a long period of time, you wake up absolutely exhausted. You're demotivated and your well-being is badly affected to the point of depression. It can cause depression. So I can't state enough how, you know, if you've got anything worrying you or bothering you, it's very important to talk to somebody. Don't go to bed with all of these emotions. Talk to somebody. Really, really get it out of your system um, and have a really good routine. You know, I always say no caffeine after five. With me, it's five. With other people, it's six o'clock. But definitely, if I have caffeine after uh, five o'clock, it definitely affects my sleep. Um, so, Mary, how would you react then if I told you that um, sometimes I have a coffee before I go to bed? <laughs> I Not going to lie. It's very strange, right? Because I still fall asleep. It's like, just the way some people are like, oh, I need to have a cup of tea before bed. I'll go off and I'll have a cup of coffee and I still go to sleep. No bother. Yeah, and that, what to me, you see, what that's saying to me is you have, people have different kind of sensitivities. Um, oh, I thought and, you were going to tell me I have serious issues that I need to work no, Well, you do that, Santa, but we'll talk about those later. I'll have a session with you. Yeah, <laughs> off, yeah after recording. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so people have different sensitivities to caffeine. Do you know what I mean? Um, so, and did you know that 20% of the, the, the population in the whole world are highly sensitive? Okay, so they're going to be very, very sensitive um, to things like, you know, coffee and loud noises and, you know, smell and taste and everything. So 20% of the population really need to probably not drink coffee and get more rest. Do you know what I mean? Um, so um, there's probably, there's, there's nothing wrong with you that you're probably, you know, one of the very few people that can drink coffee before bed. So you're lucky, Exana. That's it. Oh, Lord. Um, just to loop back there, though, you mentioned now you kind of mentioned it earlier on in the in the at the start of the, of the of the podcast. But so we've covered, I suppose, the things that we need to do for ourselves that would kind of help us with managing stress. Um, 
that that's onset by like a variety of things. So we have sleep, we've covered sleep, we've covered nutrition and the importance of it. We've covered exercise. That's great for your physical and your mental health. Uh, meditation obviously is a great tool, but you also mentioned the therapist. And I just want to go back to the therapist because that's something that I think it's not so much a problem anymore. I find in Ireland as it used to be, the stigma isn't really there, but the stigma, I suppose, maybe still is kind of there, just not on the same scale. Um, so a lot of people, they would have all these issues, but they don't talk about it. Um, and I just kind of, I suppose, maybe want to reiterate the importance of having to go to a counsellor to get the um, the third party opinion. Because whatever about talking to your to your partner or your spouse or whoever it may be about something that's going on in your life. But to get that third party opinion that's completely objective and it's professional as well they'll be able to explain to you like what you're saying about how how and why you can feel a certain way um and also seeing your problem objectively and having that person tell you about your problem objectively it it, it kind of makes it seem smaller than it is then or not that it makes it seem smaller you actually see it for what it is then rather than what you have built it what you have built it up in your head to be do you know oh, what I mean definitely definitely if you're going around each day and um, but what the, the kind of feedback that I get from, from clients, you know, and from students is, I just don't want to be a burden on anybody. You know, I, I, like I don't want to just uh, bring people down by talking about my problems and things like that. Mm-hmm. And as you say, if you find um, a nice understanding therapist, I mean, you know, they're going to really, really understand. They want to be there, by the way. They want to help. You know, they wouldn't be in the position um, of of a counselor if they didn't want, you know, to help you. So they want to help you. Um, And, you know, you get the opportunity. And, you know, it's not, you're not going to be judged either. You know, you're not going to be judged in any way. So you can talk about anything at all. Um, And you're going to get everything off your chest. And. I notice, like, after one session with somebody, they're going out the door and they feel so, so much better just because they've talked about it. Do you know what I mean? Um, 100%. And I've had that experience myself. And, like, I'm not one of those people that won't talk about, like, mental health. Like, I speak openly about how, like, I know I have anxiety and I've gone to a counsellor before. And I wish I did it sooner because the first session I had with him and it was the best thing I could have ever done. He was the nicest man and it was just amazing. I couldn't recommend it more. Oh, that's brilliant. And I'm so happy that you met a lovely counsellor like that. And, you know, it's, it's brilliant when that happens because you can really relax with them. You feel comfortable with them. You can talk about anything with them. And mm-hmm. then, but there's people that will go to counsellors and they'll have a bad experience. You know, they're just not connecting as much with the counsellor. Um, and that's absolutely fine. Well, you know. It. Don't you get know, put off by your first experience. Definitely not. Go out there. There's so many different counsellors out there. And it's a matter of, you know, going and trying them out and see, you know, see what works for you. And you definitely 100% will find somebody that you're comfortable with. It might just take a bit of time. But don't whatever you do. If, you know, even if, you know, if you don't have a counsellor, talk, talk to somebody that you're close with, you know, your best friend and, um, you know, your, your your partner or whatever it is. Just mm-hmm. that time before, you know, you you go to bed, you know, you get the children down to sleep or whatever it is. And, you know, you have that time with your partner or, you know, you pick up the phone to talk to your friend and just just talk to them, have a talk with them. Even if, if it's just about your day, you know, um, even if it's just about a thing that you think is a small problem. 
but those small problems will still keep you up at night. They'll still, you know, you'll still be over dreaming and over, you know, um, using up too much energy in your sleep. So if, if you can even do that just before you sleep at night, it'll really, really improve your well-being. And all of these things then has a knock-on effect on your learning. You're going to learn so much better. You're going to have more space in your brain um, to study. You know, you're going to feel fresher. You're going to remember more things. Your memory is going to be better. So, you know, it has a knock-on effect in so many things in your life. Definitely. And you'll learn more about yourself, too, that you wouldn't have thought of before, just from, again, the objective perspective, kind of pointing things out to you. Exactly. Exactly. And it's just it's it's lovely. It's a lovely feeling when what you know, when you when you can do that and um, that that great feeling that you get afterwards that, you know, you're, you know, you say to yourself, gosh, you know, there's, there's, there's nothing wrong with me at all. It's just it's just stress. It's just something that happens in my body. Do you know yes. what I mean? And I'm gonna take back control now, and I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I always compare anxiety to a stress that's like your bully. Do you know what I mean? I'm not gonna let it win. You know, I'm gonna take control of it, and I'm just gonna, I'm gonna beat it. You know. Yes, that's what I've recently started doing. That it yeah. wasn't something that like my counselor has said to me, but it's just something that I just decided in my head to say like this is not normal and how my personality normally is. So mm. I'm just gonna ignore it, and you just have to. Now, look, it doesn't happen straight away. It's very hard to ignore something that's in your head, but it does take practice. And eventually you're like you just try to put it into a box and not suppress it, but just not focus on it because focusing on it feeds it, I find. So not to yeah. do that. Oh, definitely. And I'm really, I'm really happy that you found a way of doing that. And that's your way. And, it, you know, but that's what I mean. Everybody has to find their own way of doing it. Do you know what I mean? If meditation doesn't work, that's fine. Find something else. You know, it, everybody has their, you know, one or two things that they can definitely use to um, for, for themselves, you know? Yeah, could be absolutely anything. And I actually wanted to ask you as well. Now, obviously, I come from well, it's not obvious, people might not know this, but I come from a childcare background. And one of the things that is constantly stressed when you're working in childcare is the importance of routine. So I wanted to ask you then is, would that then translate to people? Or not to people, obviously to people. <laughs> oh God, sorry. Would that then translate to adults? Would we, like I said earlier, my opinion, I suppose, is just that people are creatures of habit. So, you know, habit is routine. Would that then translate to adults as well? How important is a routine for adults to manage stress? Oh, having a structure, having a routine is extremely important. Um, so, as I said before, you know, we haven't, we kind of haven't evolved to be, you know, sitting around doing nothing um, and kind of scrolling through, you know, the phone and social media and everything. Um, we, we've evolved to be constantly kind of doing something and learning and, and, and that way your brain develops and, you know, you're a lot healthier and this affects, you know, your well-being in, in a good way. Um, and having a structure, having a routine can really, really help with that. Um, so, like, as a student, it's, it's, it's very easy to kind of fall into that trap of getting up at, you know, sleeping until about 11 or 12. And then, you know, you're kind of having a, a, a breakfast slash lunch, you know, you're not eating right. And then, you know, you, you can be bothered exercising. You're, you know, you've overslept. So you're a bit more groggy and stuff like that. Then, you know, you're going out and probably partying, but partying a bit more and um, all of that type of thing. So you're going to be more tired and 
you can see that having a routine and structure has really gone out the window there, hasn't it? Yes. Um, and then, of course, with the coronavirus as well, it's it's, it's thrown a spanner in the works. Um, you know, you're, you're you're trying to do so many things all at the one time, um, so your structure might be a bit all over the place. Um, but having but trying to put a bit of effort into putting together a good structure every day is would be well worth it. Um, you know, it's very easy to binge on Netflix, isn't it? Um, yes. You know, and uh, I do talk to a lot of students, you know, that don't get up until the afternoon. Um, and uh, you know, it's 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 not good at all. So, and 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 it causes you to feel sluggish, doesn't it? Tired. Mm-hmm. You know, you lack energy. Um, I talked to a lot of students that are getting more headaches recently as well. Um, so what I do is I, you know, I talk to them in detail about having a plan structure, um, and and of course this helps. Um, it helps the brain not overthink. It doesn't give you your brain time to think and start creating problems. You know what I mean if you have that structure. So what you need to do is you need to plan for balance. In your structure and um, so you need to structure in your study time um, you need to structure in your physical needs you know your exercise your eating and uh, make sure that you're drinking water make sure that you're taking your breaks uh, having trying to get a rest trying to get a nap during the day is very beneficial as well um, and then there's the social aspect as well. It's very important to schedule in your your social time, talking to your friends. Now, I know it's been very difficult, you know, recently with with that and with the coronavirus and trying to get out and seeing your friends and everything. But it's important to try and reach out to them as much as you can. You know, pick up the phone. Um, you know, meet somebody for a social socially distanced walk. Um, I know now at the minute we, we, you know, we can go to restaurants. So, you know, meet meet up at a restaurant, you know, socially distanced, of course. Uh, anything you can do, um, you know, to, you know, to talk to your friends. So, you know, have your structure. Get up in the morning, um, say eight or nine o'clock, you know, have your shower, have a good breakfast, then schedule in maybe an hour, hour and a half study. Uh, then, you know, have your lunch, then do a bit of exercise after that. Um, and then, you know, a bit of study again. Um, and then, you know, call a friend, you know, make dinner. So if you can have a structure like that every single day, um, it's going to really, really have a positive impact on on your well-being, you know. Um, and I do talk to a lot of students who have been feeling down and, and unmotivated and when I give them a kind of a structure to work to, and I talk to them a couple of weeks later, their their mood has really improved. Yeah. So, yeah. So it really, really, um, it does work. It does work. So it's it's worth putting a lot of effort into, um, working on that structure. And you know, be flexible as well. Try things, try things, and then if they don't work, try a different thing the next day. And you know, you can have a different structure for each day as well. It doesn't have to be the exact same thing. You know. So you know. So just to, you know, take back that control again, and um... yeah, well, that's it. I even just from personal experience, when COVID first hit and we all started to work from home, um, my normal routine was: you get up in the morning, you get ready, you go to work. Um, I'd get to work; I'd be always the first in work, but you'd have your coffee and your day starts. Whereas when I started, it was like a dramatic change because I remember we left. I think we left the office sometime mid March, and Monday I started work at home. And it was just such a dramatic change. I've never worked from home before. 
it was completely different and I felt so lost in my daily routine. It was so strange to me to go into my into my box room where I had my table set up to then go for lunch downstairs whereas like nobody was around you. It's a very different situation. And then after time, like you said, the structure kind of naturally, I suppose, developed and everything seems fine again. Like it's it was as if it was like this little chaos in my head. Maybe chaos is a very strong word for it, but um, I just couldn't settle or something, do you know, <laughs> like it was it's just it was that kind of feeling. Yeah. Um, after a while, I think it gets it, it gets better. Then the other thing I wanted to mention to you is um, obviously structure is good. But what about when it comes into when other things kind of come into play? Like um, some people might have their full time job when they're studying. And I'm purely going to focus on online studying because that's that's what we are. That's what we focus on. It's it's our whole. Um, what word would you use? It's our whole it's our business structure <laughs> you know it's online studying is the open college so um when it comes to online studying obviously that's considered part-time um so people that would do these courses they would also be working um we have a lot of mature students and a lot of these mature students would have children um so obviously routine when you're trying to factor in so many things would be kind of hard to set so is there something that maybe you would recommend in that kind of area you know you have your children you have your full-time job plus the studying and plus, I'm not even thinking of other things that you you know you might be doing helping your elderly parents or whatever it is. Yeah, and I mean that's a difficult one, isn't it? If you've got yeah. so many things going on, I think the most important thing there um, is you have to schedule me time. Okay, mm-hmm. so you're obviously not just setting a schedule for yourself. If you have children, you have to look after them as well. If you have work, you have to do a bit of work as well. So it's a matter of um, schedule your time around that. Like I know a lot of people um, who have children and they're working from home, so they get up a bit earlier in the morning to work. Yeah. Uh, you know, they get up at about maybe six o'clock or something, and then they might work to eight o'clock and then, or nine o'clock, and then they look after the children for a couple of hours. Um, and then they go back to work then for a couple of more hours while their partner looks after the child. And they kind of have to work it that way, you know. Um, yeah. But it's really important in this routine, in this schedule, to set aside time for yourself, to take a bit of time out. Mm-hmm. And this could be get outside for a walk, you know, um search YouTube for um you know a, there's so many different exercises, so many different things you can find on YouTube. You know, whatever you're into, you can do a bit of yoga, you know, you can do a bit of Pilates, a bit of weight training, you know, that's me time. Um, you know, go into go into like a, a nice quiet room in your house, um, find a bit of privacy, read a book, uh, go for a nap during the day. If you can schedule those things in, maybe once or twice in your day, as well as everything else, um, you're going to feel so, so much better because the more rested we are, the stronger we are to deal with things, both physically and mentally. I mean, you all know, like we all know what it's like when we wake up in the morning and we're exhausted, you know, yes. straight away, you're going to be thinking, oh God, I couldn't be bothered doing this. You know, I, oh God, I have to do all this and you know, I just don't have the energy. So physically and mentally you just don't want to do anything and everything's very negative but if you're resting if you're sleeping and if you're taking a bit of time out for yourself during the day you're going to wake up a bit fresher hence your thoughts are going to be more positive so you're going to wake up and you're going to go oh gosh I don't feel too bad today more energy to do all this you're not really thinking um in a negative way you're thinking more positively so it's it's important to schedule in your times work with your children but also for yourself what you can do for yourself 
Yes, so definitely focus on the positives. So obviously routine is very important. Um, You know, you build up your structure and then you try and stick stick as much to it as you can. Um, And we've talked about physical needs as well as, um, no, we actually haven't. That's something I need to ask you. Emotional needs. We've covered the physical needs. What about things that we need to do for ourselves to keep ourselves like emotionally happy? Yeah, that's brilliant. And I'm glad you brought that up. Um, so, yeah, so we spoke about the physical needs and how important that is. Um, so, yeah, we also have emotional needs that we must also uh, meet in a, in a balanced way. Now, these have been innately ingrained into our genes, uh, just like our physical needs. And when we look after them, it keeps our stress levels down. Uh, it actually allows our immune system to become stronger, you know, it fights infections. You know, you're going to get... You, you know, you're going to have less sickness um, and you're going to heal better as well, um, which will benefit your learning. Uh, so what are these emotional needs? So, and I mean, any anybody that's listening as well, um, I would advise them to make maybe a note of these needs uh, so that when you're feeling a bit off, you can kind of look back at these needs and go, right, which ones um, am I kind of neglecting here? You know, which ones can I put more effort into? And guaranteed when you start doing that, you're going to feel you're going to feel a lot better. Um, So the first need, the first emotional need is the need for control. Okay. Um, So we need to feel in in control of our lives, don't we? Like, I don't have to explain how it feels to feel out of control. It's not a good feeling at all. And, uh, you know, recently with coronavirus, everybody has felt a bit out of control. Like, you know, we can't control what way it's going to go, how many countries it's going to affect, the numbers, all of this type of thing. Um, there's a lack of control felt again around exam um, or presentations. You know, you don't know what questions are going to come up in the exam. You don't know how the presentation is going to go and things like that. So control is a huge emotional need um, that, that we need to get right. Uh, so if you look at, if you look at it the other way, um, th- there's actually a lot that we can do um, there's a lot that we can control. And if we try to focus on what we can do, this is a really important point. If we try to focus on what we can do rather than what we can't, we can actually take back the control. And what I mean by that is, you know, if, if for example, during the, the, this pandemic you were a huge fan of going to the gym and you know going and, and, and getting out and about and all of that just say okay so I can't do that now what what can I do instead you know you can go you can find loads of things on YouTube you can find um loads of exercises online you know there's loads of websites offering classes you know there's there's loads of of, of different things that you can do and it's knowing that it's only temporary as well you know, what can I do temporarily until this pandemic is over? You know what I mean? Yes. Um, you can really have control of your physical needs. You can control your exercise, your diet, um, your sleeping patterns. Um, and we talked about structuring your day. That's that's a very good way of controlling um, controlling your mind, controlling your day, isn't it? Um you can yes you know, you know you can schedule your time for studying you can schedule your time for you know your me time and your well-being mm-hmm. um you, you you have control of you know keep in contact with your friends um and and again you know it's reiterating the fact that you know this the feel these feelings of uncertainty these feelings of um stress and anxiety they are only temporary you know what I mean? So it's 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 worth kind of just remembering that. 
And I, I know it feels like it's never ending, but it will definitely end. You know, it's happened before and it's gone away. And, it, you know, this pandemic will go away as well. Um, and, uh, you know, the feelings of stress and anxiety will go as well. You know, anything to do with them, um, you know, your coursework or anything like that is only temporary as well. And they will go as well. So, yeah, you do you do kind of have control over a lot of things, you know, how you think about things. Um, and then the second emotional need would be the need for security. Uh, I mean, we, we, we do need to feel safe wherever we are. And, you know, we haven't felt safe recently again with the pandemic. Uh, but we do, I mean, we're actually safe in a lot of ways if we don't think about it that way. You know, I'm hoping, you know, most of us have a roof over our heads, you know, safety of having, you know, family and friends, you know, hopefully, you know, everybody has a bit of support. Um, and the security of knowing that once you sort of finish whatever course that you're doing at the minute, that you'll be working in a more fulfilling job, I suppose, uh, and in a career that you always wanted to work in. Um, so that's a form of security. So uh, it's trying to focus on what we do have instead of what we don't. Do you see what I mean there? Yeah, definitely. It yeah. all kind of interconnects together. It definitely does. Definitely does. And then with the courses as well, we do have a need for competence and achievement. We need to know, we need to feel that we're good at something. Because mm -hmm. you know, Xana, yourself, if you're sitting there and you're not doing anything and you're not sort of learning anything new, you're doing the same thing over and over again, you're going to get very bored. Yeah. And I find if you're bored and you're not doing anything, it really it affects your well -being, your mental health, doesn't it? Yes, definitely. You're stuck in a rut, do you know? Stuck in a rut, so we need to be doing something. So, um, so it's 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 so learning a new skill, doing a course is is a great way, you know, of of doing that. And even if you're not doing that, buy a book, you know, pick up a book, something that you can learn is really really going to help with that. Um, I'd say this is how actually. Sorry to to interrupt you there. I'd say this is how a lot of people um are actually struggling now with COVID because we're so used to how life was before where we're just always go, 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 very, very busy. You go to work, you come back, you go to the gym, you, I don't know, you collect your kids from crash, you, there's always something until you finally sit down at whatever time in the evening it is to have your cup of tea and then you go to bed. So now at the moment, well, not now, I suppose, um, but a lot of things are closed or were closed. So people were stuck at home, working at home. You're like, you're, you're in this, in your four walls and it's doing no good to you, I suppose, because there's a lot of things you can't do. But then, as you said earlier, it's just about trying to find different ways of doing what you used to do. Yeah, oh, definitely, definitely. And, you know, it's just trying to change the mind frame um, of of kind of getting stuck in a rut and saying, I can't do this. Oh, I can't do that. Exactly mm -hmm. what you said. Just try and figure out what you can do instead temporarily until everything gets back to normal again. Yeah, that's it. you know. Um, and that really does that simple technique there. That simple bit of advice really helps people. Um, we we also have a need for meaning and purpose. I mean, we all need to know why we're here, don't we? Um, and, you know, some of us, for example, can get that need met. So, you know, being a parent and mm -hmm. um, some people can get the need met by, you know, being needed by somebody and, and having your skills appreciated, like, you know, at your work, you know, having your boss say, God, you're doing a really good job. You know, trusting you to do, to leave you to, you know, to do your your job well, and uh, you know, giving you praise. I mean, that 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 gives some people meaning and purpose. Um, I know at the beginning of the pandemic, I know this guy who lost his job, and 
he was a very outgoing guy as well and he kind of he lost a lot of meaning and purpose do you know what I mean because there was a lot that changed in his life and um, and what he did was he he kind of picked himself up and he said right what can I do here he, he got outside and he you know he, he knocked on the elderly's door to see if they needed help with anything groceries if they needed him to go to the pharmacy for them and that gave him back a bit of meaning and purpose you know and his well-being completely changed for the better because of that simple thing that he was doing you know a couple of times a week mm-hmm. um and uh you know others find it through religion you know spiritual ways so it may it's different things for different people but that's but that's one um that's one need that's very important as well um and then we we have a we have a we have a real need for attention and intimacy as well and it's been very difficult you know with the virus and everything not being able to be around friends as much mm-hmm. i mean i don't know about you exana but you know not being able to get out and you know be around your friends and um you know being stuck in the house being being busy or working and you know learning from home and being busy at home maybe less time with the partner and everything you know it hasn't it hasn't been easy no it's very difficult and what i found i used to do was um so right the way i i live in the midlands and um we obviously moved from dublin to the midlands so a lot of my friends are actually in Dublin at the moment and everybody that I would have been friends in the Midlands they're all scattered all across the globe in different places so what I did was was just video calling Um, I found it worked a lot and then whoever I could meet whenever the lockdown kind of lifted a bit more I did Um, it's not ideal but you find ways yeah exactly well done and you do find ways of doing it and and you know video calls is the best you can do with the time at that time so well Mm -hmm. done for doing that and gosh I heard loads of funny um zoom and video call all sorts of parties and um you know fun fun activities um so no it's great that people are doing that so well done on that um yeah because we were look we 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 were not born to be on our own you know we since the beginning of time we were born into huge big groups of people you know there was always large families you know, large communities, everybody looking after one another. And, you know, that was for two reasons, really. One reason it was to help raise children. I was going to say, it takes a village. There you go. <laughs> well, this is it. And, and, you know, that's why the nuclear family that we have now in a lot of cases, you know, mommy and daddy and children, and that's it. And there's no support around them. You know, that's why there's so many parents very, very stressed at the minute mm-hmm. uh, because there's no, kind of, you know, there's no support there. So, um and that's why, and you know, we we haven't evolved to be on our own. We, you know, it, it, we. And and the second reason, the first reason is to raise children, and the second reason is you have more chance of survival. You know, if you're in a large group, you have that's more, it. you know, chance of survival. Um, that's interesting, because it makes me think that like that hasn't even been that long ago that that was the case. No. Um, people were, you know, born into their families, they got married, but they tend to have stayed, now look, correct, again, correct me if I'm wrong, I'm not an expert on this, but they tend to would have stayed where they were born and their, you know, whatever their locality is. But now with, you know, life evolving and everything's, you know, it's 2020, um, people tend to move a lot for jobs and they go to bigger places where they are kind of more isolated but they'd find their partner there and they they'd settle and they'd have their kids but their family would be in a completely other end of anywhere it's anywhere you know like we live in a 
in a global kind of community at the moment. People travel and move and there's no such thing as just, you know, you're from one place and everybody else is from that place too. It's just, it's hard. Definitely, exactly what you said, like years ago, and you said it wasn't that long ago, everybody, you know, was born and they had their family, they had their aunts, uncles, cousins all around them, you know, if they had a family, they had loads of people to help them, lots of support, and because it's, it's more, yeah, as you say, it's more for work, you have to, you know, you have to move for work, or, or for whatever reason, you move away from your family, and the next thing, you don't have that support. And it, it can be quite stressful and difficult, um, you know, to, to raising a child w- without that support, you know. Um, and, you know, with, with, with all this attention and intimacy that you really need, you don't get that from screens or scrolling, you know. So you're not meant to be sitting there, you know. And I'm guilty of that myself <laughs> sometimes, you know. Oh, everybody. I, we everybody. all are. Yeah. Um, but, but it's something that you don't get. So have your, as you say, have your, you know, your Zoom calls, your Zoom parties, you know, organize your, your put a bit of effort in with a bit of, you know, a few date nights with your partner. Yeah. Um, you know, have your socially distant walks, um, pick up the phone, you know, talk to somebody and, uh, you know, set up, set up groups as well. As a student in the class, you know, um, set up, groups um you know to talk about coursework if you're having difficulty with any coursework um you know try and meet them if you if you live close by and things like that so there's loads of things that you can be working on you know to try and get that connection and then you know that leads leads in then nicely to the next one your need for friendship fun and having a laugh Mm -hmm. right so this is an interesting one because in my classes, what I would do on the first day is, you know, I would ask them, what, you know, what do you enjoy doing and when is the last time you did it? And all I see is these blank faces looking up at me for a long time, for too long. Like if mm-hmm. you have to think about it for too long, you're, you're not you're not doing the things that you enjoy. So as part of the homework, I would give them, right, part of the homework, you have to go do something that you enjoy and come back and tell me all about it next week. And, you know, they go off and do it and they come back and they're buzzing, you know, and they're all smiles and they're all happy. And their well-being is almost transformed because they actually forgot about themselves. They weren't doing anything that they were enjoying anymore. Um, And they went off and did it. And, you know, they were just so happy about it. So I can just see there and then the transformation. So have a think about what you enjoy doing, guys. and Our lives you, are so busy at the moment, though sometimes it's hard to prioritize yourself or even find the hours in the day. Um, like even just now, I I don't do it anymore, but I used to like you commute to work. That takes up so much time of your day, mm. and you just always put it on. You know, you just put it on the long finger, and it just spirals, and then you just forget. Yeah, yeah, and I totally understand that. And you know, I used to really, I used to think, I used to think that way myself. You know, Xana used to think, I just don't have time for this. You know, I just don't have time for that. But mm. I have just found ways. I have just put the foot down. You know, I can schedule all this with work. I can schedule all this with, you know, with with my child. I can get surely I can have ten minutes for myself somewhere. Do you know what I mean? And it's it's, you know. What 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 do you enjoy doing? You know, with some people it might be you know having a bit of just a bit of privacy on your own. Um, like it doesn't have to be a huge big thing. You know, it, it can be a ten minute thing. It can be just maybe even a five minute thing. Um, 
you know, some of the students in the past, one, I remember one of her favourite things was um, colouring and colouring books. Oh, that's, yes. for Yeah, the adult colouring books, they're meant to be very relaxing. Yeah. So she that's what she did. She came back and she says, I started colouring my books again and it was brilliant. You know, mm-hmm. 10, 15 minutes every day. And she was it really, really helped her. And um, another student said, I love walking. You know, I love um, hill walking. So she went off on a walk um with her with her family actually and that that really helped her um another student loves swimming another student you know it, it, there's so many different things that we forget forget about that we enjoy doing going to a comedy club you know organizing nights out it's, it's all different things for different people um so it's just to have a think about it and just don't forget to add in a bit of fun yeah you know? like with work you schedule work schedule in yourself basically Exactly, exactly. I mean, if you don't look after yourself, sure, no one will. Everything's gonna, you know, most importantly, your well-being, your work. You know, you're gonna be snapping at your children, snapping at your close friends, snap. You know, if you look after yourself more and get your right amount of rest and your needs uh, met, well, you're gonna be in a, in a much better state to deal with everything. Definitely. Um. So, how would you? I suppose, what would you suggest then to people to motivate themselves to do all this? Okay, so motivation, motivation is a funny one. Um, so again, you know, one of, one of the main things I'm hearing back from students recently is, God, my motivation is very down. You know, I'm demotivated. How am I going to, how am I going to, you know, get, get, get my mind back again to, to feel motivated about my course? So the key things that I would say is, um, again, reiterate that what you're feeling at the minute is temporary. All right. It's, for, it's temporary and these feelings will go. And, you know, and then I would explain why they're stressed and what happens in the brain. So it's actually the brain's normal response. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and I would ask them as well to remember why you're actually doing the course. And I get a, I get a kind of question. What do you mean by that? I would say, okay, can you remember when you were filling out the application form for the course or you were researching about the course and you had your own personal and professional reasons? For example, if you wanted to study healthcare or social care, you know, because you wanted to help people, you know, because you're a caring person and things like that. You know, think about those reasons, you know, why you're doing the course. And that's still there. That hasn't changed. What has is, you know, you're... You know, you're under pressure with assignments, you're under pressure with, you know, thinking about maybe work placements, you know, you're under pressure with with, with all that you're trying to manage in your life. Mm-hmm. But these things are only temporary and to just think back why you're actually doing the course in the first place. And it usually, you know, perks people up a bit. Um, also, mind your needs, mind your physical and emotional needs. That will really, really help with your motivation. Um, get your right sleep, especially that will help your motivation. Um, you know, create a nice, peaceful, quiet workspace in your house that you can you can study. You know, try and have your workspace as relaxing as possible. You know, to, for it not to be chaotic with loads of things around and you know, in a busy part of the house, have it in a nice, peaceful area. Um, have your kind of rituals before you start studying as well. You know, if you get up in the morning, you know. Remember your the importance of routine. Have your yes. shower, you know. Have your 
um, have a nice coffee, you know, take time to enjoy that coffee, uh, you know, to try and do meditation, to try and get yourself in the right frame of mind, whatever it is, have your nice rituals before you start your study. And then what I get back as well is, uh, which doesn't help with motivation, is a lot of students kind of say, oh, well, you know, there's another person in the class that knows way more than me. And, you know, my goodness, I don't know anything. Uh, so don't worry if you think that other people know more than you, uh, because with life, people have different experiences. Well, so also, don't compare yourself because what you think yeah. they may know more of, you might know more of something else. It's yes. just, you know, it's life. Yeah. It's life, you know, and everybody has different experiences. So one person's going to know more about one thing and then you're going to know more about another thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, what would be the point of going to college? if everybody knew everything you know but you're also there to learn it that's the whole purpose of it too do you know so if you don't know it you'll learn it and then you'll be on the same level if not more of who you're comparing yourself to you never know yeah exactly you're there to learn um you're there you're there to learn most of it if not everything you know everything should be new so don't feel threatened or disheartened by by somebody else knowing a wee bit more. Um, And then another really important point with motivation is don't get bogged down on everything having to be perfect. Because if this is your only aim of, you know, everything has to be 100% perfect, then you will continuously realize that it can't be achieved. And what happens with a lot of people is they give up. Rather than just, you know, um, submit something that's, you know, that you're happy with, that you've done your best with. If it's not perfect, I'm just going to give up. I, you know, I'll leave the course. I'm going to leave the course. You know, I'm just not getting this right. Um, and that, that that actually happens to a lot of people. But if you realize that perfection doesn't exist, and if it's something that you're aiming for all your life, you're going to be very disappointed and unhappy. Um, even the highest academics fail sometimes. Oh, of course. Um, There's no such thing as getting somewhere perfectly and without any hiccups. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly. Um, and then, you know, with motivation as well, accept accept the feeling of being stressed and being anxious. You know, it's okay to feel this way. You know, to try not to feel that, you know, there's anything wrong with you. You know, it's, it's okay. Uh, there's nothing wrong with you. Um, and, you know, now that we understand a bit more about how the brain works, hopefully that you can learn to accept it a bit more. Um, and as I say, bring in the things that'll, that'll help with, with, with motivation as well. You know, find ways to relax, uh, you know, yoga, meditation, uh, chamomile tea. I don't know if you ever tried chamomile tea. I've just started drinking it recently, but it actually does work with me anyway. Um, oh, sure. Look, I drink coffee to go to sleep, so it probably wouldn't work on me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> that's a good point. <laughs> um, yeah, and that's, that's, that's it really now when it, when, when it, when it comes to motivation. Mm. yeah no like everything you're saying to me is actually so interesting but I just I don't even know what to ask because (laughs) there's so many things to start with um but I think with this um with this recording this podcast thing we've covered a lot kind of the the basics that people should kind of know for themselves that that they can take away then and use at home Mm -hmm. um there's I think a lot of the other stuff we just you need to do a course on it. There's just so much to kind of cover that we won't even have time to cover in this podcast. Um, but I suppose is there is there any kind of like maybe final thoughts or final messages that you could um, that you want to say to kind of people to take away with them? Yeah, yeah. Well, look, I want to end the talk, the podcast, with 
Um, having hope, guys, there's always hope. I want to reiterate that the feelings that you may have at the minute are only temporary. They will go. Um, you have the tools now with the 7-Eleven technique um, to try, you know, meditations to try and find, you know, something for yourself that works and that'll help with that. Uh, you know, the stress of exams, presentations, that's all temporary as well. Um, uh, you know, focus on your needs, you know, to, to focus on your physical and your mental needs. Focus on trying to get them met and it will 100% have a positive effect on your well-being. Um, and, uh, you know, think about the end result of, of your course. You know, once you're qualified, you know, you're going to be doing something that you really, really want to do. Um, so, and you can apply the, the skills that you have. You're going to, that, and that's going to have your meaning and purpose, you know, your, your, your need for meaning and purpose. And that'll be that sorted as well. So try and focus on that point. Um, and I really hope the podcast helps, you know, a few people look at their overall lives and look at how they can look after themselves more, both physically and mentally, uh, which will in turn, you know, have a, you know, a positive effect on their learning and whatever yes. course they're doing in some small way. And as I said, like, you know, everybody can find one or two things that works for them. So it's important to, to spend a bit of time figuring that out and to spend a bit of time looking after yourself. Yeah, I definitely agree. I think one of the things I want to reiterate is, um, and it doesn't even apply just to us here in the Open College, I think it applies to students across the, if there's anybody listening, it's in a um, And I say it to every group that kind of comes into the college, um, just if I'm the one that's kind of, you know, coordinating whatever is going on I always just say look we're here to talk to you and to help you through whatever is going on to always reach out to us if you're having kind of educational difficulties or you know there's even something as simple as like oh you're running late to submit an assignment like come come tell us like we're there don't be afraid to speak to us and I think students sometimes forget that um and I'm just kind of mentioning that I suppose because you said to talk to people mm -hmm. um sometimes with the college the only people you can to or the the only people you can talk about um, an educational difficulty or college difficulty is the likes of you know the course coordinator or whoever it is so reach out always contact us there's so many ways to do it so don't be afraid to do it because it's always private it's always confidential like who am I going to tell do you know so oh yeah and thanks thanks please reach out yeah thanks for reiterating that Exana because we we do um we're very proud of the fact that we are very supportive of our students um, you know, and it's, it's, it's important for them to realise that we are always there. You know, if, if you have a problem, um, you know, with at, at any stage of, of the course, with anything, be it your, your coursework, your placement, anything at all, we're always at the other end of the phone. We're always, you can get us through email, you know, we're always there to listen and to try and help in whatever way we can. Yeah, definitely. The point is that they just you just have to reach out because yeah. we're not mind readers. We don't know. So yeah. if a problem arises and we could have fixed like we could have avoided it all, just mm -hmm. tell us straight away before, you know, the, the crash happens. That's the kind of main thing of it. OK, that was really interesting, Mary. I'm so glad we had time to record this for everybody to hear, to get some tips and advice. Um, so just thank you again for coming on this show, not the show, this recording with us. And um I hope it does help somebody and just for everybody else listening, Mary's going to be doing a lot of these talks with us. We have 
Um, Mary's going to be nearly my co-host, aren't you, Mary? We're going to do a lot of yeah. <laughs> we're going to do a lot of talks on um, mental health and well-being, as 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 Mary has also um, said, she's qualified in that area. And we're going to talk a lot about um, there's going to be a lot of recordings on career advice coming up. So plenty of topics that we're going to cover. You're going to hear Mary a lot on this uh, podcast. So um, Mary, thanks again, and we'll be talking to you next time. And there you have it, guys there. That was Mary on the importance of minding yourself. And personally, I think there are some great tips in there that Mary mentioned that anybody can utilize to help de-stress themselves. You never know how well they could work for you. So, you know, do go and try them. Do a little bit of self-care. You'll, you'll thank us for it later. So I do hope, you know, that you're able to take something away from this, that it was, you know, just as interesting and informative as I found it. And until next time, goodbye for now.